Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild podcast. I'm here with Paul. How are you doing today, Paul? Hello, Guess what day me. today is? It's, uh, today it's, uh, is absolutely insignificant. But by the time this episode comes out, we will be one year old. So to honor this occasion, we have a special guest with us, Mike Alberton. You probably remember him from our episode where we were talking about Fallout. And he is the host of the Games My Mom Found podcast. Welcome to the show, Mike. Hey, nice to be back on, especially to celebrate your year anniversary. Well, thank you very much. And your podcast, of course, uh, focuses on you guys playing some older games for the first time and uh, uh, having a little chat about it, which is a little bit different from our podcast, which is why I'm not too upset at the fact that yours is doing so much better than ours. (laughs) I I call it a humorous (laughs) reviews of retro video games is kind of how I put it at this point. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. So so someone else gave me that idea who commented once gave us a review. I'm like... Ha, you're correct. That's what we do. <laughs> I didn't have any type of classification for it. I'm like, we play a game and we talk about it for an hour and then we ca- and it, we break it down. That's a cool idea. So so you make it a point like the, the games you play in your old podcast, you haven't played them before. And then you uh, like some, you have no... It, well, of, usually what it, each one of us will pick a game. Sometimes it'll be something that we always want to play or something that we just want to share with other people that we're like, this game is great. And sometimes it, it'll be like where one or... or Two or three of us hadn't played, or I'll bring a guest on who's never played it before. Sometimes, like when we did Space Quest Five with Rick, none of us had played it but Rick, because the guy that had originally picked it was no longer on the show. <laughs> so it was a new experience for everybody but Rick. So, uh, Mike, you and I met through different podcasting groups. And I say different because like, we actually ended up being in quite a few of the same podcast groups <laughs> yeah. um, by the time we, uh, we had actually met. And so... You started, as we mentioned earlier, you started uh, just a little bit after we did, but, uh, you know, you had been pretty well along the way by the time we got into conversation with each other. So, I don't know, I I guess one of the things I want to talk about, given that this is sort of like a year since uh, our show started, uh, what was it like, what was the origin of your podcast, basically? Uh, well, the origin for me was I had just turned 31 and I'm like, I'm not getting any younger. I need, to, and I, and it's something I wanted to do for three years. I've been thinking about it. Yeah. And I had listened to other shows and I'm like, I really want to put this together. I want to, cause I play so many games as it is. I want to talk about it. And that's, and then I finally put, I put a, just for a random request in, in my, in one of my Facebook groups that, Hey, who wants to start a podcast with me? We're going to record Sunday night. We're going to play through a game each week. Here's the plan. And I got a, a few different people that responded and that's, that's how I formed it. <laughs> so it, you know, I put a, I put an ad in the newspaper essentially for today's. Basically, <laughs> for today's yeah. <laughs> so, but not not the ideal way, but it it's worked. Yeah. So I what, don't recommend. <laughs> what, what was your first steps in starting the podcast? Did Did you go into the groups first and just try to figure out like what people do to start, or did you just jump right in? Uh, did you start with a good mic? Like, just what what was the very first few <laughs> things that you did gathering up before you actually launched? Uh, unfortunately, nothing as well planned. This is, I, had, <laughs> I had a I had a cheap mic that I had bought because a year before that, or six months before that, I was supposed to start a podcast with a guy. We recorded one episode, and then nothing happened. He didn't publish it. He oh. was supposed to get all that started, and then I just so we just dropped it. And then I also went to six days a week. So I'm like, well, I'm working extra. I don't care anymore. And so when, when we did finally record the first episode of games my mom found, I was using a PS4 uh, headset and that's, and the audio was just terrible. And then I finally had to, had to pull out my mic for the second episode. But yeah, that <laughs> you got to have the right microphone or it does not work well. Yeah. Like two, two out of us had good microphones. The other two had bad microphones in the first episode. 
which mic? Uh, which mic do you use now? Um, God, I think it's called the Finite. Or I'm looking at it right now, but I can't even print it. F I F I N E from Amazon. It was like twenty some bucks, but it's pretty good. Okay, yeah, that's basically. Um, I think by the time I started the Classic Gamers Guild podcast, I've had the ATR twenty one hundred, which you've probably heard a lot about. Um, I since have. you're in the uh, since you're in a lot of podcast groups, it's very it's a very standard uh, beginner grade uh, but very competent and good quality beginner grade microphone but uh, previous to this in my in a podcast that I attempted uh, earlier I found like the cheapest microphone on Amazon and it was actually pretty decent I think um, uh, I didn't know this till after but apparently the sound quality is fairly comparable to the Blue Yeti just much cheaper and um, it was um, it, it did okay it was. Uh, I still always never really quite liked the sound of it, but it was. It was generally good. And then a friend of mine who actually works in uh, film audio, he was telling me about how he has a bunch of ATR twenty one hundreds kicking around because he uh, had them around for if people needed them for podcasting. And uh, he had upgraded since, so he was clearing them out. I took one, and uh, that's basically what I've been using since. And then. At some point, actually, I still couldn't really quite get a good quality of sound out of it because I think it's just sort of like the way my voice captures on mics is just generally not appealing. And so at one point I was talking to Paul because he had become more and more part of the show until he became the co-host. And uh, I asked him, like, how, how come you always sound so much better than I do? He introduced me to the concept of using the interface with the XLR cable connector. And uh, so I bought the cheapest one of those I could find on Amazon. <laughs> and uh, it was actually like a night and day. It sounds so much better going through XLR and interface rather than just plugging straight to the USB. I need to switch that somewhere. I just do plug in straight USB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that does sound a lot better. I, I've thought about it. I've seen, I've been tempted to get a uh, blue snowball at some point as the next eh. microphone upgrade too. <laughs> I, <I've... laughs> it hasn't happened yet. I, I have issues with blue generally. Yeah, I, I okay. kind of do too. My issues with them isn't really sound related, but the um, quality. Uh, two of the, the actually the only two products from Blue I ever bought both broke within like six months. Oh, and I, I know that's that's a bit more of a rare case. I, I know that they have a better reputation than at least that. But yeah, from my experience, I was over two with them. But I I can't recommend the, the Shaw SM58 enough. That thing's that's like a little workhorse. Like one of them designs, it's like 30, 40 years old. There's never been a reason to change it. it just works that good. I think they're cheap too, so that's what I I'd recommend. Yeah, friend of mine, the, the same friend who sold me the ATR 2100, he uh, also told me about the Shure SM58. Just uh, as an offhand comment, he just sort of mentioned that they um, you can pretty much hammer a nail with them and they'll still work. <laughs> yeah, I was I was just trying to think of a witty comment to make about how heavy they are. Just as you said that, I'm like, yeah, through glass. See, I still don't have anything, <laughs> but I was gonna. You'll see. It's a, the plus <laughs> one mace of microphones. Minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you must be a D and D fan, huh? Well, I was wondering. <laughs> this is gonna sound like a, like a dick question, but I'm serious. What specific game did your mom find? Like I'm, I'm guessing the name came from from somewhere. Did she find a specific game? Well, it came from uh, one of our co- the the co-hosts that I unfortunately lost after 15 episodes. He's the one that came up with it because after when we were trying to figure out a name for the show, I had a couple I was shooting around. He had actually his mom had found his Game Boy SP form when he was visiting for the holidays, and that's where the name had come from. Oh, okay. But the first game my mom ever did find me, unfortunately, I, I didn't. I wasn't able to play. Was Super Ghouls and Ghosts for Super Nintendo. 
Right. <laughs> that was the first game I forgot. Yeah, that <laughs> that didn't go so well. Yeah, that would have been a good idea to come up with a name. It just it just came from the fact that he that his mom had found him as SP, and that's kind of how we we couldn't we were having a hard time picking the name to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell that I was not really the best at picking names for our show either. <laughs> it's. I just thought it was just kind of funny the guy who picked the name, and he, <laughs> he's also the guy that found that found us the music for the intro, which we use now. But he's he's the one that didn't that wasn't able to stay because just the strenuousness of doing of doing a podcast, especially because there's not really any money involved usually for a little while. It takes a while to really get going. Plus, I didn't yeah, want. I was I was good. To, I was kind of curious. Like it sounds rather grueling to commit to playing a game a week. Like how how do you how do you do it? <laughs> Does it come a point where you'd have to just watch a playthrough or, or what do you do to get through them it's happened a few times normally i mean i have beaten every game on the show except for one because i could not finish beautiful joe for uh, gamecube right. um but that, that's one tough ass game it like is that. i was just going to say that, that that's understandable because it's pretty hard i don't think i really got beyond like a level of that it's, it's really good it's just it, it has to click for you like two of the four yeah. of us were able to beat it and the other two of us were not able to finish it. But, I mean, some some weeks are fine. I usually, I have a rule of thumb where the game can't really be over 12 to 15 hours tops. I prefer something. We usually try to stick with stuff that's about 8 to 10 hours. I mean, a lot of games are shorter. And sometimes we throw in, like, an NES game that, with save states and other ways, you can beat it within an hour. And that way it'll help you be more time for the following week idea. It's I, I calculate everything, so it's short game, long game. Right, right. That makes sense. So are you more like a, a like two hours a night kind of guy, or like the day before you record, you just stay up all night and play? <laughs> uh, one of my one of my co-hosts, he, he's done that a few times, where he hasn't touched the game. Like we, Golden Sun is a 20, 30-hour RPG, which is one of our early episodes when we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. And my buddy played it in like a night. He just <laughs> played it nonstop. He put it off. He put it off. We had two weeks to do it, and he just... He just didn't get to it, and then finally, he's like, oh, he's like, oh crap, I better finish this, and he played through it all. But wow, uh, normally yeah. I I try to start everything ahead of time, and then like I usually have Monday, Tuesday off, and try to play as much as I can the first two days. Did Did he actually find all the gins? No, none of us did. <laughs> <laughs> Golden Sun is a really good RPG though for Game Boy Advance. I, I love don't think it. Enough people have played. Yeah. I, I'm not even really a JRPG kind of guy, and that's one of the rare exceptions. Like, I absolutely love it. I think uh, it, it it appeals to me, even though I'm not really an RPG fan, or not a JRPG fan, I should say. I love RPGs. Yeah, well, you love more of the Western style RPGs. Yeah, I feel exactly. like like Fallout, um, probably Baldur's Gate. I'm assuming. Yeah, that sort of thing. Which I've never played. <laughs> um, c- conversely, to Golden Sun, which is a JRPG, I'm a big fan of Dark Sun, which is a Western RPG. I've never heard of Dark Sun. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a it's very de- it's based on a D and D game, and it's probably like the one ah. that uh, uh, I feel kind of really captures more of a D and D tabletop feel, uh, which has been adapted to a computer game. Like it really feels every bit of a D and D adventure for me. Okay, it looks interesting. I just pulled yeah. it up just now. Um, I so- never got into PC games, unfortunately, until recently. Ah, uh, gotcha. So, um, out of the games that you played on your show, what would be your favorite new discovery for you for yourself? Huh, that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> there were like I finally played through Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, which was a game that when it came out back in like I want to say the I think it was two thousands. I just couldn't I couldn't grasp it. I didn't want anything to do with it. And then to finally come back to it and kind of force myself to play it, I really loved it. Like that game is such a deep game that. You have to, and it takes a while to really get into, mm-hmm. I feel like, because it has a time limit, which is right. annoying. 
<laughs> oh, Snatcher would be the one that I never even heard of until this show, and I am so. I think anyone should go if you like adventure games. You should play it. It's an old. It's a old PC. Well, MS. Oh God, MS. I think it's MS Engine or PC Engine. PC, PC Engine, Engine game. Yeah. It's worth playing. By it's made by uh, Kojima. Yeah, that's right. Because uh, I also didn't hear about the game until I saw that you started to post that you were playing it for the show. And then um, I listened to a, a bit of the podcast episode where you guys talked about it. It's really fun. I mean, if you like that type of style of game, it, it's... I mean, I play it on Sega CD, which I wouldn't recommend buying a copy because it's like $500. But right. um, it's definitely <laughs> worth it definitely worth playing. I wish they'd re-release it somewhere like GOG or let it go out there somewhere because it's something I think people would enjoy. It's yeah. too bad it's not more in more places. Right. It's yeah, not. I'll definitely right be checking that out. That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, because it's I like... I can send, send you links if you like. <laughs> yeah, because it's kind of like Blade Runner by way of Hideo Kojima or something like that. Uh, there's a character in the game that looks like Rugger Hauer from Blade Runner. <laughs> it's not Rugger <laughs> Hauer, but he's kind of he looks just like him and he kind of fits in the same... He's a he's a robot, so. Yeah. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> Which is not a spoiler because when but when you see him, you already know it because he's trying to kill you. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't consider that a spoiler. You'll figure it out when he has a gun to your head real fast. Yeah. <laughs> that that's how every character should be introduced. Like we couldn't remember his name when we did the episodes. We just kept calling calling him Rucker Howard lookalike throughout the episode because we just could not remember the guy's name. Every time we look it up, we'd forget it. But. <laughs> so. Uh... So as I alluded to earlier, your show, despite being a couple months younger than we are, is actually getting a lot more numbers than we are, uh, which I am totally not in any way jealous <laughs> about. <laughs> but um, I'm just curious exactly uh, what, what you do to kind of get your show out there, because nothing f for me has really worked in terms of any significant numbers. I tried the Facebook ads once, and I don't recommend it to anybody unless they're unless they're unless you're using like maybe the free ten dollar credit. It's not worth it. Right. Uh, mainly for me, joining lots and lots of Facebook groups, and then just trying to trying to post in there whenever I can, just about random stuff, so people recognize my name, and then uh, and then I will pu uh, promote the episode. But I don't never like I tell anyone in the podcast, don't ever post it with the link in the in the post because then Facebook, oh, you're trying to you're trying to spread your show or you're trying to do this you didn't pay us so nope not gonna let anyone see this they they do hinder posts that have links in them oh. unless you're paying them interesting i i did some tests where i would publish it in the group and then i would and then like when you publish it from your own page you can see how many people view it yeah and if you publish two different things at the same time and one has a link and one doesn't the one without a link will be shown to more people so That's, facebook is that uh, is very nice like that. that is very helpful information i shall have to uh <laughs> i'll have to take that into consideration moving forward it can it can work in some way but if you're trying and then anytime i i talk about it, i try to always make it a question like i will say like hey have you played this game before this is what i think of this game and then i'll slip in the name of the podcast and put a link in the comments and that tends to get people talking and get people more excited about what you're doing and want to check you out more than just a simple ad like oh i see an ad they don't you know your eyes just keep going but if someone is you know having a conversation with you and you're in you get your interest you're gonna you're gonna hopefully yeah. jump onto it yeah. i always know uh in general that I'm, I should try to inspire more engagement in the post, but then when it actually comes time, I'm just sort of like, here's the episode. <laughs> but, uh, I know I should be like work. asking questions or like trying to generate conversation, but uh, when it comes to the moment, I'm just sort of like, Hey, we did this. <laughs> well, I do it in groups that aren't interested in what I have to say half the time. Yeah. So that's part of it. <laughs> in your group. I mean, they're there for that reason is different versus like what I'm doing. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, Rick, I can't blame you because it's like after you know talking about it, making notes, recording the episode, then then you stay up like half the night editing the whole thing. By the time you're done with it, it's just like here, whatever. Here's a <laughs> thing, you know, done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to talk really, about this anymore. <laughs> I really like editing. There's only been one episode where I was just like, let's get this over with. We did a three-hour episode once, and I was and editing that was oh. took forever. Uh, but. <laughs> No, I, I, that, I really like editing. Yeah, I actually really like editing ever since I started enforcing the uh, 40 to 50 minute time frame. So usually around the time that we start hitting 40 minutes, I start waiting for a moment to end the episode <laughs> so that it doesn't go over. And then you know, I'll edit it down <laughs> to about, you know, my ideal is 35 to 45. Uh, some of the longer episodes hit about 50, but. You know, I, I generally really try to regulate because I don't want to have to, uh, you know, the very first podcast <laughs> I did, I tried to aim for 45 to an hour and then, you know, recording ended up being like 115 to 130 and trying to cut that down just took like three hours just to get through. And especially back then I didn't really have, uh, I recorded on single track rather than multi-track and that just like adds time trying to get that to mm -hmm. work. I record all single track, unfortunately. I have, I've been meaning to switch to multi-track. Like, we've been meaning to use clean feed ever since you came on the show back with Space Quest, but mm -hmm. it hasn't happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried once and it failed and we just never got around to it yet. Yeah, it, it's a little different now, too, because now multi-track is uh, is uh, behind a paywall on clean feed, whereas it used, oh. used to be free. So uh, we did... Uh, we we did bite the bullet, or I should say, Paul bit the bullet and uh, forked <laughs> over to uh, get back on the multi track. But for a while there, yeah, we um, it was like, well, we can't have guests anymore for a little while. <laughs> it, we we do everything through Skype, which is not the best, but it can work. Yeah, we made it work. <laughs> Skype is screwy though. That's all I. I uh, some days it works. Some days it just doesn't want to do anything you want. Doesn't want to open. Doesn't want to start. Doesn't want to call people. <laughs> um, it's fun. What What would you do differently if you were to start a like if if for, heaven forbid your current podcast just like completely disappears and you want to start a new one? Uh, what would you do differently starting completely from scratch? Oh, um, that's a tough one. I I have thought about if I lost all my co-hosts, what I would do. Yeah, because I I have I I've always had backup plans. I I can't see myself starting from scratch ever. But if I if I did have to start from scratch, um, record ahead of time, put four or five episodes in the can before we release it, so we're always a couple weeks ahead of time. Like yeah, a lot of shows do. Yeah. So you're not in a situation where if you like if we miss Sunday recording and we were and we publish on Monday night, we have to record Monday night, and it's happened to me a few different times where I'll get I'll get a message from a a, a friend of one of uh, your of your guild members, Richard will be like, Hey, your show's running late. I'm like, yeah, I'm recording right now. <laughs> of course <laughs> it's Richard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He always listens to the show and it, it's funny. He'll be like, <laughs> so he'll wait a few hours and he'll be like, Hey, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> we're running late. He, he's very good for reminders like that. That's for sure. It's always funny. It makes me smile every time. <laughs> but it, it, I mean, we've only had one time it was, I was out of town. Like I live in Minnesota and I was in Chicago that weekend and everything went wrong. One guy was in Virginia and he had a, a thunderstorm. He lost power for two days. So I mean, everything that could have went wrong, went wrong that weekend. And we finally were able to get it done, but it was, mm -hmm. yeah, it's the joy of trying to get people together. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or, or maybe a better way to phrase it would be, uh, if somebody came to you wanting to start their own podcast, what advice would you give to them? Uh, find, find a subject that you can talk about every week and know that, I mean, you're pretty much taking a, as I joke, it's a part-time job with no pay, but if it's something yeah. that you love doing, yeah. something you're passionate about, 
it, it that's all that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And just being prepared for what what undertaking you're doing. And it takes a while. I mean, it takes I, from what I've heard, it takes like three years to really find your footing with your audience. Well, that's good. And some. <laughs> Some so something to look forward look to for us. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sometimes I, I wonder, realized, is this it? Is this really what, what it's going to be? <laughs> I, I read somewhere in one of those podcasts, like, most of the groups I see people post things, and they'll be like, I saw one person once, like, I post my first episode, we're over a thousand, and I'm like, oh, and this yeah. is back when I only had like a month worth. And then I was reading, and I realized she was like an Instagram model who already had thousands oh. upon thousands of followers. So it wasn't hard people that wanted, you know, he already had an audience. And there's a, a buddy of mine who's also in the Costa Gamer Guild who has a podcast. And I was, and he was, he's beating our numbers. I'm like, oh, and then I realized he posted an article where he was on the front page of an article online where he was in a band. Like, oh, okay, that makes uh, sense. So he, you know, if you already have a following, you're going to, yeah. you know, you're not going to have to work as hard. Who was who that? you already have people that care. Uh, James, James Woodard, the Zero Brightness podcast. Thinking of. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're uh, they're good people. Um, it's, it's yeah, he's a real show. nice guy. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't approve his opinion of Alan Wake. But other than that, he's really cool. <laughs> so he hated that game. I I love Alan Wake. That is one of my one of my favorite games. Yeah, I, I think they were kind of more. I mean, I, I think they legit didn't really like it. But I think they're more baffled by the fact that people love it so much. Um, I myself <laughs> haven't actually played it, so I can't really comment on that. But I did. Uh, I, I did witness I mean, a lot of. Yeah, I just don't have anything that can play it. I don't really have a very good computer. That's why I kind oh. of stick to classic gaming. <laughs> <laughs> I played it on um, 360. That's actually one of the games I actually had bought limited edition collectors. I bought the collector's edition of it, which I never do. And that game was I just I was just in, immersed in that game even before it came out. I was so excited for yeah. it. And I, I went back and played it last year, and I, it still held up for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a survival horror, but not not as much survival. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, Paul, uh, how how has the year been for you? Like, just sort of like, grow, you know, become, becoming, you know, half of this, uh, half of our podcast. Uh, you know, what was, how was it reflecting back on the last year for you? Um, it's, it's been, it's been mega. I didn't see this coming. I, I feel like I, I get all the good, the good bits, but I didn't have to go through kind of the struggles that you lot did as far as, you know, just launching it, coming up with the name, finding the crowd. I get to kind of, Right on on your coattails, Rick, and just <laughs> like ride right in there. But yeah, I, it's it's strange, right? Because I was just I was just a guest on episode like six or seven or eight or something like that. <laughs> I'll start listing numbers. It'll be one of them. And um, and you know, I, I don't even remember the back and forth we had as far as you know having me back on, and then I just kind of didn't leave. Like I was just like <laughs> the guy on the couch, I guess. <laughs> And, uh, just kind of somehow it's always there. Yeah, and what was that? What was the number, Michael? Like, what was the first milestone? Like fifty percent of podcasts don't make it past like seven or something. fifty uh, percent don't make it past seven, and fifty percent of those don't make it past twenty-one or twenty-five. Yeah. So you uh, you you got in um, while we were still <laughs> uncertain, I think, Paul, <laughs> as to which fifty percent we were going to be. <laughs> which I also feel affects like a lot why a lot of people won't jump onto a podcast until it gets to a certain point. Like when I was looking for new shows. If I see a show that isn't in the hundreds, I'm like, oh, I'm going to keep going because I want to find something already established that you know they're not just going to go away on you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That, and honestly, I, I have like an un, uh, an unfair bias about the numbers thing too because for me, it's not even like, are they going to stick with it? I just have this weird snobbery that you're making me realize, you're making me face right now. I, I didn't think about it, but if I see a podcast or a lot of things with not a lot of views, I don't help them out for some reason. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. Hey, 
you know, that idea, must, must I mean, have that well, idea <laughs> with, with society, if something is, is deemed more popular, we're going to draw to it. Even if it isn't good, it's going to at least get us attention, and then we either will stick with it or we'll be like, oh, this is stupid. But just that idea that, that – that, mm-hmm. so, I mean, that that's one thing about the numbers is that you keep producing episodes and you keep getting downloads. Plus, like, other – like, Facebook and Spotify and everything else, the more people are listening to you, the more people are noticing you, the more it's going to spread you out because you can make them money, essentially, with advertising. So that's kind of how it works, too, I think. I think what a lot of it comes down to, too, is, uh, as you mentioned before, Mike, um, I can't remember if it was um, on the podcast or just before we started, but uh, a lot of people don't realize how much work it is, and a lot of people don't realize the commitment behind it. So even, um, you know, previously, my my very first attempt at a podcast, we were just going to go, like, uh, uh, one-hour episodes every two weeks, and I think giving us that extra time every two weeks sort of made it a lot more relaxed and they would sort of be like, okay, well maybe not this week, next week. And every now and then be every three weeks, every now and then be like one a month and stuff like that. And it's, it's kind of like, um, I compare it to going to the gym. Everyone buys the membership thinking they're going to go every day, but then they kind of remember what it's like to actually go to the gym every day. And they kind of like <laughs> eventually don't. I mean, it's one of those things where you have to stick to commitment. Otherwise, you can't expect people to come back every week if you can't come back on your whatever your schedule you pick. That's why uh, when I started the Classic Gamers Guild podcast, I actually started only myself. And it was going to be the format was uh, just me and a guest. So basically, I really only uh, I only had myself to count on. It was just really, well, it doesn't matter if I have anyone else. As long as I have a guest lined up, then I'll do it. And I was going to go every single week, 30 minutes, as opposed to an hour every other week, because then that would just give more chance for me to procrastinate or sort of like, okay, well, maybe not this week or that sort of thing. Uh, it gave me a reason to be inconsistent, as opposed to if I say every week, then I know it's going to be every week, one way or another. And of course, there were times like there were a few gaps where I had um, bronchitis, so I couldn't even talk. And <laughs> there's a, you know, uh, you know there, there are obviously life interferences that get in the way so there have been a few um uh the odd week here and there that get missed but for the most part uh i i know even even with paul as the co-host that like uh if one of us can't make it the other one knows that they have to make sure to get something out yeah (laughs) Yeah, the the people aren't gonna like it but we'll get it out yeah exactly (laughs) they tend to be our weakest episodes but there'll be something there I mean, it, it, a lot of it, I feel like it becomes, like, with a podcast, like, I have certain podcasts I've been listening to for, God, three or four years straight. I don't miss an episode. And it's just because it's part of my, something I do on my commute every day. And I feel like that's for a lot of people. Like, you are there, you know, something they rely on to get, to, you know, on their commute to work or in between work. Or if you have a job where you can just put headphones in and you're just doing whatever you're doing, it becomes part of your, you know, part of your routine. It's a big part for me when I got into podcasts. I worked a, a third shift job driving a truck around all night talking to nobody. So that's how I learned what podcasts were so I could just try to stay awake. <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of people who listen to podcasts while they work. Um, and it's great that they could do that because I know I couldn't do it. But uh, uh, that, that's where a lot of podcast listening gets done. It's on commutes. It's at, <laughs> it's at desk jobs yeah. where people are just doing data entry and uh, that sort of thing. It's it's things like that that make me wonder how much people are really listening, like how much they're paying attention. Like, because we're trying our hardest and, and <laughs> you know, doing our homework. And, and it's like, I know myself, if I'm you do doing homework? the dishes and listening to a podcast. <laughs> no, not, not at all. No, um, never did, never will. Um, but, you know, if I'm doing, like, if I'm doing the dishes and, and I'm listening to a podcast, it, I'm barely listening to the podcast. It, it's just like a weird, familiar, comfy voice in the background, but I'm not really paying attention. So that makes me look in the mirror. Like, I'm trying real hard. Are you guys even listening out there? 
Um, for me, I, I listen better when I'm doing like I ha- like I can only listen to audio things. I have to be doing multiple things, and then and I and that's how I absorb it for me. Like I I like it. It I feel like I still absorb everything just fine, but I have to be doing other things. Right. Okay. So, so that means I got to keep trying. Uh, well, it's like my my dad's like that. Like I I can listen to the show, and he barely he listens to he listens to every episode for me usually about half an hour before he's done. But he he's the kind of guy <laughs> he has to get his radio set up. He's got to sit down and like have the radio on and listen to the radio. I'm like, no, just put it on while you're driving. Do it while you're doing this. Like he's like, nope, gotta have it sit there. <laughs> it's just I mean, it also could be like an you know older style thing that you know he grew up in a different time, but so he sticks with that method. Plus, he loves radio music, so right. That's, that's yeah, that is that's old school. That's like that's like sitting by the fireplace <laughs> and turning on the Phantom or whatever. Well, this is also the guy when I was like let's say three years old or four years old, he would take me in the stroller, wheel me to somewhere with a large field, and set up like hundred foot of cord to get better to get in radio stations in from miles away. So he's a uh, Wow. And he's just very into that type of world with radio and things. And mm-hmm. I respect that, though. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's really great about your show, too, is that you have that one consistent format. So you, you do the – you play the game. You talk about the game. Whereas uh, for, on our show, <laughs> we kind of have a constant identity crisis where it's sort of like, okay, for this little bit, we're going to start doing it like this. And then after a while, we're like, hey, let's try doing it like this instead. And then let's go back to this. We're going to do interviews. Or we're going to talk about individual <laughs> games. Or we're going to talk, talk about topics. And then just sort of like flip-flop back and forth and stuff like that, uh, which I think kind of gives us a, bit, a sense of variety. So it's you're not always stuck with something. But at the same time, I think it is also like uh, would be a good idea uh, for something like your show where you have that co- constant premise and idea that just keeps going forward so people know what to expect whereas with us it's sort of like well what is it going to be this week <laughs> yeah it, it, it will be barely help. connected to games <laughs> but i mean i listen to two podcasts where they just kind of one they just kind of ramble every week about different video games somewhat video game movies whatever and i i tune in every week for years so <laughs> you know it's hard to say yeah yeah it's uh i, I think there's room for both it just depends on the person. I mean, I mean, you know, with you know, with it being free, you can just put as many as you want and then listen to what interests you that week. Yeah. When you have time. Like I have a certain episode I listen to no matter what, and I have backup ones that I go to if the other ones fail me. <laughs> so if I run out and I'm like, I need another episode to listen to. Okay, I got a, a game question for you, Mike. You, yes. you said that uh that you, you didn't really play PC games until more recently. So that uh, that makes me, I got asked this golden question I never really get to ask is, what's it like playing a Sierra game for the first time as an adult? You just think like <laughs> torturous and insane? Do you... <laughs> I had I, played a very few PC games, mainly like RTS, like Command and Conquer when I was younger, but very few. I have one favorite, but with Sierra... When I played Space Quest V, it, it, it wasn't a fun experience at first until I started to understand what I was doing. I, I'm coming in with no type of context. I didn't understand any of this stuff. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? But uh, I did enjoy it somehow. Okay. Yeah, it makes, begs the question, like, you know, is this even likable? Like, how much of nostalgia is this for me? Um, what, would it be, you know, what would it be like for me in my 30s to walk up to one of these for the first time? Um, I mean, it was fun when I watched a video that told me what to do. I had some fun, <laughs> but I, I would never have played it otherwise. Like, I tried playing Monkey Island when it came out on 360, let's say, six years ago, and I couldn't get into it. And I know that's a really, like, famously good game. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, and first impressions, like, wow, it takes them a long time to walk across the screen. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> these, these games really I mean, that- really highlight how how much more patience we used to all have. I, I do have a favorite PC game that I actually went back to 
a couple of years. I've played it twice in the last couple of years called Magic the Gathering Chandelar, which is based on the, the card game. But it's also a RPG where you roam around the world and you can buy cards and buy items and fight other people to get new cards. And oh, it's also made by right. Sid Meier. Oh, okay. That's, oh, cool. uh, that's interesting. I think it's made by Sid Meier. I'm pretty sure it's made by Sid Meier. I'm pretty sure I didn't make that up. <laughs> <laughs> it is now, yeah. <laughs> it is now. Yeah. <laughs> have you um have you played a, a like a text parser adventure game yet? I have not. You have not? Okay, I'd be, no. be really curious to get to get your feedback. Uh, see if maybe you and the boys want to play one for for one of your episodes, or, or just torture yourself and do it. But I, I would love to, <laughs> to hear from you after you've suffered through one of those. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I absolutely them, love know. them to death. But my god, I don't really know much about them. I don't even know what they are. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to think of a good one to unleash upon you now. Um, I my my bias would probably probably say Police Quest, but I guess we should try and pick like. I've, I've heard of Police Quest. I've always I've seen uh, in the Classic Gamers Guild people have posted about that game. I know Rick has too. Yeah, uh, it, it's a very popular one. It's a lot of um, it, it's one that a lot of people grew up with. But I wonder if like uh, maybe something more SCI, like maybe Police Quest Two, you should try. Because I don't think you're going to do very well at Police Quest One. I'm not sure if you'll even enjoy enjoy it at this point. But uh, well, I can tell you right now, it'll be me reading the guide. that says, "Click this, okay. Click this, okay." <laughs> That's just how I play. Anything yeah, older, I, I don't won't force myself to suffer. I will just read to do. And I still enough. find my fun in it, and I have no right. Yeah, it's <laughs> but, yeah. That's a good call on on, on two, two, Police Quest Two for Mike, because yeah, it, the, the parser it takes away a lot of the, the ability to just click it away because you got to think of what you're going to tell the game to do. It, in other words, it, it it really really backs you up against the wall. <laughs> but, oh, but there are some fun the parts about like it too. To type, you have to type it in your commands. Like type, yeah. Look at this. Oh yeah. God, that sounds miserable. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. You, yeah. you, you, you oh, should yes. do. Oh, um, your first one should be Leisure Suit Larry Three. <laughs> I played one okay. of them Cause it, cause a it's long not, time ago when I shouldn't have been. <laughs> it's not as torturous as the first <laughs> two, or at least not as punishing as the first two, I should say. Uh, I'd say they're all pretty good experiences, so I can't say torturous, but uh, the first two are really punishing. The third one is probably... It's the last of the parser games, but it's also kind of a little bit more forgiving. So might be an interesting one for you to try that one. Okay, I'll wish to listen yeah. on GOG, and maybe I'll check it out sometime it's on sale. Yeah. I, I just, like Paul, I, I didn't think of it until Paul mentioned it, but it would be kind of interesting to see what you guys think of a parser game. <laughs> I put it on the show <laughs> and torture them. <laughs> exactly. There are some fun parts of the parser where, it, you know, it's fun to type in, first of all, you know, like 12-year-old inappropriate things. Even as an adult, they, they hold up. It's still fun to do that. Um, but also, you know, just <laughs> typing typing things in to see what the developers already thought of. You know, so, sometimes you'll type something in kind of backwards or twisted, and the game will respond to it. And you're like, holy shit, you sick bastards thought of that. <laughs> uh, so, so that's kind of the upside to it. Yeah. If if you click on the guy in Space Quest Five, he'll be like, "Hey, we're, this is a family game." When yeah. you're out there trying to make right, new things, like click on, no, I was like, me. I was laughing. Like, uh. <laughs> so I do like when they put like funny things in that, like in that Sierra game at least that I did play. Or um, actually, a really good example of that, although it's not a parser game, but it's uh, in the original Maniac Mansion. One of the things were sort of like, hey, let's let's see what happens if you try to microwave the hamster. And they thought of that. And they fully <laughs> allow you to microwave the hamster. And they're sort of like, that's what you get for trying to do this. You wanted it. 
<laughs> I've always heard nothing but good things about Maniac Mansion, but I've never played it yet. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, I don't know. It's, you didn't like Monkey Island, um, which is kind of, you know, it, I'm not criticizing your opinion. I'm just saying that <laughs> if you didn't like that, it, I can't fully 100% say, oh, you'll absolutely love Maniac Mansion, but it, it is one of my favorite games of all time. So, you know, take that I- for what it's worth. I think my problem monkey with Monkey Island was when I played it, I was playing a lot of 360 games for achievements, and I was playing through stuff quickly, and I was playing third-person shooters and action games, and I think I just thought I wasn't using a guide. I was trying to play legit, let's say, in quotations, right. and that took away some of the fun, where now I'm like, I don't give, I do not give one one iota. <laughs> I'm just going to look up guides, figure out what to do, and, I'm, and, I, and I have fun doing it. I, I enjoy a game more by using save states and using cheats when I need to, and just to get through it, and I find that much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. But I, mean, I feel like the, right. the adventure I game. Agree. I agree. I'd rather. Of, I feel like the adventure game has kind of modified, like what what Telltale was before they went out of business. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of felt like yeah. the modern. That, that's basically what they became. Uh, although in the which indie is, scene, there's a lot more um, retro throwback style adventure games, which are, uh, if you're like us and kind of long for that, there's actually quite a few uh, indie developers who go back and make uh, more of the proper. Uh, classic style LucasArts ish, Sierra ish kind of adventure okay. games. That's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I would probably, you know, something when you, when you give yourself more of the quality of life things, I, I get much more interested. Yeah. I mean, um, uh, you, you, I mean, we, we bring her up quite a bit and her game quite a bit, but, uh, have you played Lady Berry's, uh, St. Christopher's School Lockdown? I have not. Okay. I think I've heard about it. I didn't know what it was. I never actually played it, but I, I know I've seen the post about it. Do you have any ideas for what you want your show to be moving forward into the future as you come across your one year, first year of existence? Um, well, I mean, we're going to stay with the format that we have where we do one game every week, but we actually might be changing it here after once we get caught up for that way to stop burnout. We're mm-hmm. going to try to do three game, uh, three episodes a month that are about a game and one episode that will be about like a company or about a game mechanic. So we give us more time to play a game instead of and so make it a full-blown episode, like dig into like Squaresoft or dig into like Minimap, where this first come from. Those are some of the ideas we've been kind of shooting around. That's cool. That sounds really. That sounds really interesting. Because we that we don't we don't want to get burned out. <laughs> yeah, we do a lot. I I push I push to do a lot. Like we do a comic. We do six like I was saying before. We do six episodes a month, and I'm just trying to find more and more ways to keep producing and keep doing more. I mean, I'm the one that does all the editing, so I'm the one that takes the main uh, brunt of the work. Mm-hmm. but I, I love it. And, I mean, watching this thing come to life and watching it grow is been amazing um, for me. Well, actually, just as we uh, come to the conclusion here, as we come to the end of the episode, uh, now would be a really good time for you to, um, you know, give all the shout outs and plugs for your episode. Or, sorry, okay. for your, for, sorry <laughs> um, <laughs> not show. the episode, but the show. <laughs> it works. Um, I am Games My Mom Found Podcast. It's all one word because Podbean, when I first set it up, I didn't realize what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but you can find it both ways on Google. Mm-hmm. And any way you search on Google, you'll find us. Um, we are on all podcasting platforms. Uh, we are just a video game podcast where each week we dig into a different retro game, give you a hilarious review. And we also dig into comics now, like a comic storyline, such as we're going to be doing Sandman Volume 1 here later this month. Which is really dark, Ooh, by the nice. way. <laughs> um, yeah, good choice. I read the first eight issues. I'm enjoying it. But So we do that, and we also do a video game film. Like, we just did Resident Evil Degeneration, the first animated movie. Oh, I so, haven't I mean, seen that one. It's worth it. if you're. An, I mean, because it's actually canon to the series. 
It takes place after Resident Evil 4, but before Resident Evil 5. Okay. And it leads into Resident Evil 5 with a really quick cameo at the end that meant nothing to me when I saw it before RE5 came out. I'm like, what? Who's Tricell? This makes no sense. <laughs> but then, they, you know, now that I played 5, I understand. But right. it's, it's worth it's worth watching. It still held up. Oh, good. It was still fun. So, yeah. I mean, you guys get a chance. Need a new podcast to add to your rotation. Come check us out. Sounds good. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike, uh, for coming on to the show. It's uh, always a pleasure to have you on. And uh, Paul, any last words? No, it was, it was really nice chatting with you, Mike. Hope to talk to you soon, have you back on, all that good stuff. And peer oh, pressure definitely. into playing a text. Definitely peer pressure into playing a text part <laughs> in the future. I'll try one. Because <laughs> I'm never, I'm always up to trying any game I get a hold on just to learn more and, and enjoy more of gaming. Mm hmm. Perfect. We'll have to get you back on here maybe to talk about how horrendous it was and <laughs> yeah. why I made you do that. But yeah. anyway. There you go. When, once you, once you do you. the once you do a tax parser game, then let us know and we'll have you back on to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm probably going to put one on my show now in the future. <laughs> 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 awesome. All right, mate. Well, thank you all for listening and don't do murder. Mm -hmm.